2: All right, it's the Monday press conference show for the final time this year, I think. Right, Chad McKee? Is this our last Monday presser, potentially, or no?
1: All good things must come to an end, Chris. Yes, this is our last uh, press conference show, our takeaway show of the year. I hate it. I hate it when it comes to an end. seems like just yesterday we were... uh, we were talking about getting ready for the season opener.
2: I, I want to thank everyone. This show has been one of our more downloaded shows. Uh, of course, we include the press conference in here from Lincoln Riley. Also, all of our interviews from today. You're going to hear from Jalen Hurts, Nick Basquin, and, and ah. Kenneth Murray coming up. But it's all about Chad McKee and my boat. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm happy to tag to uh, to tag along for the ride <laughs> and uh, let let you guys and Coach Riley and Jalen and all of them do the heavy lifting on this show.
2: Um. What did we learn today from the Lincoln Riley Presser? I completely and totally stole everything that you and Toby talked about in your press conference takeaway because <laughs> I not—I I found it fascinating that Coach was talking about the um, uh, going in depth on, on whether or not you should go out and fight for your spot in the playoffs. I mean, I, I found that to be very fascinating, Chad. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, the, the, the theory would be how much does the committee
1: really listen
2: to head coaches?
1: Right. In, players politic for their teams I when you go down the list of things that the committee has to look at quotes from Dabo sweeney no offense to Dabo; he's a great coach and i love listening to him talk but they're probably way down on the list and i think Lincoln riley realizes that sometimes you get more out of somebody by not bugging them so much you know it's like <laughs> I, I know you i know you guys have a very difficult job to do so i'm going to let you do your job we'll let our work stand for itself out on the field and uh when when the chips finally all fall hopefully you'll like what you see and like the hand that we have
2: Now, with that in mind, the other part was the recruiting conversation, and to know that they've been fighting for this, and again, Oklahoma's probably going to play in the Big 12 championship game quite a bit over the next (laughs) however long Lincoln Riley here uh, is here and beyond, but I, I never really truly understood just how the new signing day would impact this week, and it's a major impact, Chad, isn't it?
1: Yeah and I Chris I'm I'm with you I like all of it I like right. the, the problem is I think we you and I and the coaches uh, especially at Oklahoma like all of this stuff we like playing in conference championship games <laughs> And we like the early signing period, as we've talked about. It probably benefits your blue blood programs a little bit more because they can put the hay in the barn earlier than a lot of these other schools can. They have, you know, name recognition. They're thrilled to get their kids in. And then maybe they'll pick up a couple later on in the late signing period. But I I don't know how you would settle it all. And I I think Coach Riley's that way, too. You know, I think he's like, gosh, I I love all of this stuff. But it is a challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're trying to prepare for by far the biggest game you've played all season long. And also a day that's going to impact the course of your program for the next four years is coming up in a week and a half. And that is, uh, you know, you wouldn't say that that day is equally as big as a conference championship game is, but it's a pretty close second because that signing day can determine how many conference championship games are going to play in, in the future. So, I don't know. I don't know what the what the ultimate best way to do it. I guess ideally, I suppose you could take out one more bye week and shorten the season a little bit. Therefore, you'd have another week. You know, you'd play your conference championship game, then you'd have an extra week just to nail down recruiting. But I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon.
2: Chad McKee is our guest to kick off the press conference show. So before we move on to looking back on Bedlam, we, we really didn't learn too much, and I don't mean that in in a negative way by any stretch of the imagination, but Jalen Redmond's injury status is really the only thing kind of looming over Saturday's win for the Sooners because I, I feel like things are figured out now on the offensive line. Eric Swenson is is dinged up, but he'll be there to provide depth, but R.J. Proctor's our left tackle now, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and, and that's fine. Um, sometimes – you know, you don't necessarily have the hands that you expected or that you hoped. You know, but because you have, as I say, the most important ability is availability, of this, <laughs> and, and that's what—that's the situation that you have here. You've—you've you've got availability, and that leads to consistency in knowing what bodies Bill Bedenbaugh is going to be able to throw out there, and it's worked extremely well. I mean, look at the way the Sooners are running the football right now. They're—they're right. they're running it. Um, complimentary between Jalen Hurts and Kennedy Brooks, as well as any team in the country is right now.
2: So, Saturday, how about that? I mean, uh, very unique based on our Bedlam games we've had before from a scoring perspective, but I'm not complaining about it. I, I liked it. Good, fast game, and the uh, Sooners have really got this ground control fourth-quarter domination down, don't they?
1: They do. Um, I-, I forget, Stats Kelly has the the fourth-quarter numbers.
2: Amazing, me, right?
1: Chris – uh, yeah, they they are the the total yardage, the number of plays, but to me the most significant number is down there at the bottom, and and almost way too overlooked, but that is the last three games, three nothing turnover margin fourth quarter of football games. Preach! That's how you put games away, you know, turn teams over, and the game sealing plays that have come, you know, first first you go down there to Baylor and uh, you, you get a double shot at it. And you're able to come up with the big interception. Then Buki, the next week, takes care of TCU. And Parnell Motley's really had two of them. I know we can't count Iowa State officially as an interception on a two-point pass. Right. But I know I saw him grab the ball and come down with it in the end zone. So, to me, it counts as a turnover. That's still the biggest stat, Chris. It, it really is turnovers in all of these games. Go back to the Kansas State game. It's remarkable. You know, Toby and I were talking about that uh, at the press conference show. Oklahoma had not won the turnover battle since West Virginia and they win it against Oklahoma State. It's crazy that they've played as well as they have considering how many times they've either broken even or been behind in the turnover margin category. It still speaks to how well they have played in everything but turning it over. Now the turnovers have come here in recent games. Uh, remember, they still lost the turnover battle against Baylor and came out with a win. It was still 3-2, to two, but they made the two most important plays during the second half, the game-sealing interception. And, of course, the, the thing that really, to me, has been kind of the tipping point for this defense was the Parnell motley Fields strip fumble recovery against Baylor. It, it turned the tide of that game, and the defense has been a different unit for whatever reason since
2: then, especially
1: when it comes to forcing turnovers.
2: You know, you know, it's interesting because <laughs> I, I hate to be that guy, but I always take things down to like the low-hanging fruit or the lowest common de- denominator. I, I fit into both of those <laughs> categories. But it, is it as simple as saying if Oklahoma doesn't turn the football over – what happened on Saturday in Bedlam is probably what would have happened the previous two weeks as yes. well. All right.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even go, even go to the Kansas state. I, game, I agree. They, they lost, you know, I look at, look at the course that, uh, that the season has taken for both of those teams. K state has continued to be up and down, you know, culminating with the win last week and Oklahoma has trended up. Why? because they've been better with ball security i i don't think it's an exaggeration to say had they taken care of the football what you saw the other day would be more the norm let's not let's not forget in the baylor game the first game there were two scores that baylor got because of oklahoma turnovers that took three plays they ran three plays and scored 14 points in the middle of that game baylor did in the first half because of those two critical turnovers that Oklahoma had in the first half. Uh, that game, you know, what would it have looked like had Oklahoma gone 2-0 in turnovers instead of 3-2? to It's, uh, I mean, we, we probably now talk about it too much. It's been something we've talked about since the beginning, you know, with Alex Grinch's defense going to force more turnovers.
2: It hasn't always happened.
1: But, man, when it has, you see games like you saw this past Saturday.
2: Chad, I'll let you go on this. And this might uh, this might be the biggest question we have this whole podcast. What kind of game do you expect on Saturday? Do you expect uh-huh. a, a second half like we had against Baylor? Do you expect Baylor to have success? Do you expect maybe more of what we saw from the Sooners on Saturday against Oklahoma State? Or do we just have ourselves an old-fashioned fa- old shootout? What kind of game do you expect this Saturday?
1: I think that both these defenses are really good, Chris. And, I agree. And it's a – it's a continuing theme. I, I say really good. They're both way better than they have been in years past. You know, they're, they're not top five defenses in the country, but they're both perhaps on their way in a year or two if, if everything holds in place with coaching staffs and personnel to, to being able to be there. And so I think that we see somewhere in the middle um, of what we saw. You know, I've, I've never witnessed a game with two dramatically opposed halves of football. As the first time that, that we saw Baylor versus Oklahoma. I think we see somewhere down the middle, uh, depending upon the turnovers. Right. That's just, that's the X factor in this game. You know, I, I think that Oklahoma will win. I think it's probably a 31 to 24 type of game. If I'm just, you know, what, five days out, picking a score off the top of my head, <laughs> but you, you've got to give Matt rule and the bears a lot of credit because Things could have gone south for them after Oklahoma rallied from 25 down to win that game. They had Texas the next week. They did. And they, they made a statement win. And then this past Saturday, to go 61-6, to look, I know Kansas is is not the best team in the Big 12, but you go to their home field, when you could have been looking ahead at the Big 12 championship game and performed that way, beat the team by 50-plus points, that's impressive. And I can't help but think of how full circle it's gone for Matt rule and that program. Chris, two years ago, they were one and 11. The only win that they had was at Kansas (laughs) this past Saturday. They cap an 11-win regular season two years later with a resounding win against Kansas. Unreal. And, uh, you know, I, I promise you, in that locker room behind those walls, they're thinking revenge, and they're still thinking they can make the college football playoff just like the suitors can.
2: Yeah, I've heard it said many times. I, I agree. I think it's the biggest game in Baylor football history. Chad, uh, appreciate your time, man. Thanks as always, and uh, enjoy now what is not only – A big pregame show Saturday with Sooner Game Day, but I imagine the basketball plate fills up quite a bit for you the next month.
1: Yes, it does. We will will be there. Got the Sooner men and women coming up and a few other things. And uh, looking forward to it, man. And, and, you know, the Sunday Bowl show. Oh, yes. One of my favorites of the year. You and I will be on hand for that, finding out uh, where the Sooners are headed for their bowl destination, hopefully either the desert or Hotlanta.
2: Let's do it. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it, bud. All
1: right. Thanks, Chris.
2: All right, there you go, Chad McKee in our final true Monday Lincoln Rally press conference show. All right, I talked to three players today. We'll start with Kenneth Murray. We'll hit Nick Basquin, and we'll hear from Jalen Hurts in our player interviews from Lincoln's press. Sooners win Bedlam, Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. Captain Kenneth Murray is our guest. Uh, first and foremost, congrats on the win. What would you
4: see when you look back on the film? Uh, You know, we, we flew around. Um, and um, You know, pretty much, you know, consistently doing our jobs and able to, go out there and execute and so i think that's really the biggest thing is just you know playing together and going out there flying around you hear so much about chuba
2: hubbard coming into the game like this but you guys tackled so well and executed you didn't let that first drive get you down what kept that confidence up despite some success they had in that first drive
4: yeah just understanding it's a four-quarter ball game and um you know you truly you, you can't win until the fourth quarter and so um just understanding you know you know they came out and you know you know did some things and you know it's just up to us to go in there and adjust to it and, and you know get back on track and I think we did a really good job of that.
2: As the captain you had to be so proud of Parnell Motley knowing a couple years ago it didn't go so well for him in this game in Stillwater what have you seen in his development the last couple of weeks?
4: Uh, he's been huge for us you know able to come up with some some key takeaways and key moments and uh, obviously you see this past weekend you know big big play guy for us and um, he's just truly been you know a, a great you know you know teammate for us and a, you know a great person on his defense to go out there and make plays at, at big moments for us and so um like I said before you know he's been huge for us you know we've talked about
2: it a couple of times but coach Odom did a good job of resting you at times early in the season not so much down the stretch but do you still feel fresher based on some of those plays you got off early and how you've taken care of your body
4: yeah for sure I, I feel like I've done a pretty good job and I feel like coach Odom has done a phenomenal job of, you know taking care of me and Um, you know, be able to, you know, protect my body and stuff like that. So um, I feel great. Nick Basquin had a big day touchdown pass. Take us through the play. Man,
5: uh, it's kind of nerve wracking getting the call in between quarters. But uh, I was just concerned about taking care of the football. And then the reverse happened and just there was a little bit of pressure in my face. I just had to make sure I got rid of it.
2: Yeah, take us there. Was some pressure in your face? So, did you have to adjust anything with what you wanted to do with football?
5: Yeah, I kind of had to throw off platform on the run. Uh, I take pride in that that I made a good throw in, under that situation. But um, I was just glad we got it executed. People don't know the baseball background, do they? I mean, you could have been playing over here to Eldon Mitchell if you wanted to. How much did that help you? Um, it definitely had to lean on that. It was kind of like turning two in baseball. But um, obviously, you got to play multiple sports
2: growing up, and it benefited me right there. All right, this might be. Not a good question. So slap it away. But is there a part of you that when you hear that call and you know that's coming, you get a little excited? You got to have a little poker face so you don't <laughs> you don't show that you know something like that's coming. Yeah, you definitely got to have the poker face. You never know
5: who's watching, but obviously you're going to have some nerves because it's out of the ordinary of your position. But we
2: practice it throughout the week, and I was I was ready for it. Take me through the pride you guys have taken in your run blocking and how it's truly developed throughout your time, not just here, but obviously demanded of you as well, too.
5: Yeah, Coach Gundy and Coach Simmons, they know if you don't block, you don't you don't play. So um, we obviously take pride in that, and we know the kind of backs and the running game we have, the O-line,
2: so we got to do our part in that game as well. You know, it's always wild to think that Jalen has only been in this offense since February, but yet it seems like you guys have a good rhythm. What can you relate that to? What's helped create that?
5: I just think trusting the process, that's the biggest thing. Anything you do, if you don't believe in it, then you're going to have a hard time adjusting to it. And he's done a good job throughout the season to start trusting it, and you can see that in his play.
2: I know you're a team guy, but individually, everything you've been through, how special has it been to see this team kind of bow up and really play well down the stretch? Uh, Really proud, especially after
5: the Baylor game, coming back from that type of deficit. People kind of wrote us off probably at halftime or so. Just understanding that I've been through a lot of these championship runs, and we're Having the opportunity to strive for another one, you don't take it for granted.
2: Final thought. You expect to see anything different in their game plan or how they try to attack you on Saturday?
5: Um, I'm not sure. We'll get in the meetings and figure that out. But I am I expect a couple different wrinkles. Oh, and the celebration, too. I like that. You said
2: that was just instinctual, right?
5: Yeah, that was instinctual. I'm not a Dallas Cowboy promoter or anything. <laughs> it just kind of happened
2: out there. Well, congrats yeah. to the win, man. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. All right, there you go, guys, Nick Basquin. Big game for Jalen Hurts, a touchdown rushing passing and receiving. Was that the first receiving touchdown you've had? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I found a way to, I guess, get me one
6: of those. It was fun. Happy we won the game. Now we're focused on Baylor.
2: So I I know the 24-hour rule is in effect, but what do you think of Nick Basquin's form on that one?
6: (laughs) Nah, he he
2: did a great job of getting it out of his hands quick. Um, We executed the play well. From looking back on Saturday night, and I know that you watch film. What's the 24 hours like for you when recapping your performance? Do you immediately get into the film? I know you hit the weight room a little bit, but what's what's the moments after the game like for you?
6: Yeah, I usually go get a workout in, um, regardless of how late it is after the game. Go out there and get it done, and um, get on my iPad and you know watch the game, watch the game a few times, and um, you know wake up and go to church and, and kind of
2: move, move forward. What did you see from this offensive line. I know you were asked a lot about RJ Proctor, but these last few games he slid in at left tackle. He's real it, it seems to us that he's playing well. What have you seen from him?
6: Um yeah, I think he's a great player and I think you know all you need is opportunity. Um and I think we have a lot of great
2: players here. Um and, you know, I think he stepped in and helped us in a big way. It's been fun to watch him develop. As it's been fun to watch you develop. It's brought up your first game you ever played was at AT&T Stadium, Jerry World. How has Jalen Hurts changed as a person, as a football player, since then? I know that it's hard to look back on memories, but how different are you?
6: Well, at that time, I had just turned eighteen, and you know, I've evolved as a person, um, as a young man, and um, as a a, a player. So um,
2: let's cap it off the right way. All right, now speaking of that, it's Baylor again, round two. I know you're just getting into the game plan, but how different do you expect to see their defensive approach on Saturday? How, how are you guys preparing for how different this might look from Matt Rule and their defensive coordinator, Phil Snow? Well, I
6: think, you know, um, you know, they they got re- they have really good players and they have really good coaches, and I'm, I'm sure they'll come over a really good game plan, but um, regardless of what happens, we got to go out there and execute. It's all about
2: execution and doing our jobs. And as we wrap things up on a post-Bedlam victory edition of the Monday Press Conference show – We've got the entire lincoln rally press conference coming up here in mere moments. Until then, thanks so much for downloading. As always, tell a friend or two or ten to subscribe at Soonersports.com slash podcast. And we'll be back tomorrow with the game plan live with Toby Rowland and myself right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great start to your weekend. boomers Sooner, everybody. This has
1: been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.
3: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
7: Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everybody. Uh, glad we had a reason to come reconvene here today. That's always a good thing to... To, uh, to obviously be in the championship game, excited to be back, uh, going to Arlington, getting ready to play a really really good Baylor team, as we know, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been fun the last couple of years. You, the the difference in having the championship game versus versus not, and, and I think we all understand why. You know, the Big Twelve made the decision to go to it. I think there's been a lot of positives, a lot of advantages. Um, great game, obviously a great venue to play in. Um, and two really, really good football teams getting ready to go at it, you know, like it should be, and I think very fitting for the the Big 12, the kind of year that the league has had, and how strong the league has been. Very fitting to have, you know, two good teams, you know, here at the end of this, end of this thing to, to duke it out. So um, we're, we're excited to get down there and play. Our guys are very excited to be back in this game, and, and and also have a lot of momentum after these closing, you know, this closing stretch of wins. You know, like I said the other night, excited about a lot of things we did against Oklahoma State. Um, you, know, you know, did a lot of good things really on all three sides. Uh, certainly not perfect, still, still, you know, still know there are best games out there and we're still chasing that. And, uh, but we're, we're excited about some of the things we're doing. And um, um, medically the only thing, uh, you know, Jalen Redmond didn't travel with us the other night. It's a, medical, it's a medical decision, totally unrelated to what he went through uh, previously, um, so uh, he is questionable for this week. That's it.
6: If the committee asked you why the winner of this game would Baylor us to get into the playoffs, what would your answer be?
7: Um, I don't know. Ask me after the game. You know, I think. You know, our recipe over the last few years you guys have probably gotten tired of me saying it, but it's the truth i mean it's just it's just win and uh you know you you got to trust that how you schedule a non conference you got to trust that the the strength of your conference the quality of people that if you are able to beat um the quality of people that you've beaten um, you got to trust that that's going to be enough and uh like i said that's none of us have any control other than trying to win all the games on our schedule. You know, we've been able to get 11 of the 12 um, and getting ready to play another really good football team here. So I, you know, I, I know some some coaches like to stand up and do the politicking thing. That's just not me. Uh, we're going to coach hard and try to win our games. And if you think we're good enough, put us in there. That's about it. OK, James Hale. You know,
8: Lincoln, since the second half of the Baylor game, you guys have played Best defense in the conference, easily give the number one defense in the league now. Uh, you know, before that, for two and a half games, you know, you struggled a little bit. What turned it around? What got it going? What was the key thing that turned this defense into the best defense in the league?
7: Um, I don't know if there's some eureka moment. I mean, we've, you know, we've certainly caused turnovers, you know, since the second half, you know, of that game, and been pretty consistent with that. You know that's certainly been big, and I, I just I think we we keep getting a little bit better each week. You know, it's just it's a constant climb every year, even if your system's you know four or five years old. I mean, it, it's 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 always a constant climb, and then especially in the first year of a system, um, totally new coaches, scheme, everything. It, it's <laughs> it, it takes time, and and if you're if you're coaching it the right way, and if your players are. Responding the right way, then it should get better. And uh, so, no, I mean our guys have have bought in, and we're certainly you know look a lot different than we did even early in the season when we were you know when we played well too. So we're you know we're getting better, and we've adapted to ways that people have attacked us, and and you know young guys have continued to grow and evolve. And and I, I give our staff a lot of credit. Uh, um. Coach Lincoln uh, or uh, Jalen uh, continued to to play well, but it seemed like his
1: uh, his mistakes and no turnovers uh, were something that stood out from the outside. What did you think?
7: Yeah, I no, he played he played well. He ran well again. Um, you know, obviously held onto the ball. Ball security was better. Uh, Decision making was good, kind of like it's been. Um, Threw the ball a little bit better, which was than he did. I mean, TCU or yeah, TCU was kind of the one, the one exception. He's thrown the ball extremely well all year, and was just slightly off in the TCU game. Um, other than that, he's thrown it well, and he, and he threw it really well in, in very, very challenging conditions the other night too. So, that yeah, was very much in control and poised and confident. Played extremely well.
0: Lincoln, how do you guard yourself against over-analyzing that first game? You got a lot of film, a lot of things to look at, but do you, is it important not to put too much weight in that, or do you use it to to an extreme
7: almost? Uh, everybody is everybody's different, you know. These these games the last few years have probably probably helped us in that, you know, guys that have been in college, you haven't you don't normally play the same opponent, you know, twice in the same year, and that was. Felt very different, you know, for TCU a couple of years ago. I mean, very, very different. Um, now it feels more regular, so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad our team's done well enough that it feels regular. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not a whole lot different than studying a team from the past. This or that. I mean, it's it's, um, you know, that's kind of the back and forth you always go through as coaches, is you know how much to analyze how much to scheme, how much not to. Um, that's, that's kind of the fun in it. And, uh, it. But it is a little bit of a new dimension with the second game. And you know, thankfully, our staff has had a lot of good experience there.
3: Ryan neighbor.
8: Lincoln, since missing that, the first meeting between these teams, CD, we haven't seen the level of explosive plays. I know part of that goes the way y'all running the ball. But how is his health right now? And also, how has he handled things mentally being in, I don't want to say a different role, but just, you know, not being as involved as he was uh, early in the season?
7: It's else fine. Um, yeah, he's he, he's been fine. You know, he's uh, handled things well. You know, he's um, you know, he's been through a bunch of these battles, you know, and he understands. I know we've said it a bunch this year is really the same answer when you guys asked me about the running backs before. I mean, it's, you know, it's you know, you're going to have games where you get really involved, and games where it just doesn't find its way your way. I mean, that's that's just the nature of playing this. You know, playing this game and being an offensive skill player. You know, are you know, other than the quarterback, all these other guys are dependent on how the game goes on and, and other people at times for their opportunities. So I mean, he's still a guy. Obviously, we want to continue to get involved, and, and um, um, but he's he's handled it well. Our whole team's handled it well those things have probably been bigger stories on the outside than they've honestly been within our walls. Brandon Drum. You guys
8: played an epic game a couple weeks ago. How much emphasis
3: do you put on, you know, the first half and then comparison to the second half when watching the film? I mean, you split it up. How much emphasis do you all put on that?
7: Yeah, I mean, this is a different game. You know, everything everything is different about this game. I mean, it's, you know, it's not – it's not a road game for us. It's not a home game for them. Uh, championship games are different. They just they feel different. They they everything about them is different. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, our focus has got to just be on this one, um, and and you know how we can play our very best. And we know we're gonna have to play well to beat Baylor. I mean, they're they're a darn good football team. They played well. You know, studying them up until our game, and then obviously they played extremely well after. And uh, so, you know, we realize the challenge it's going to be, and but it's going to be its own game for sure.
8: Lincoln, you mentioned the uh, the defensive buy-in earlier. Uh, I asked Kenneth about that. I said, was it across the board that you guys buy-in, and I asked him if you were surprised that it happened so fast. And he took us another step further and told us about a conversation he had with you when you brought in, you know, defensive coordinator change and changes in the staff. He talked about a conversation he had with you and how he put his trust in you that you were making the right call. Mm-hmm. He was buying in automatically. Did you have that with everybody, that conversation on the defense? Did you pick a couple of leaders or?
7: Uh, not, not every single person individually, but I, I think that message was sent, you know, that, you know, look, if you don't, I can promise you this, if you don't buy in, it's not going to work. I mean, period. That's the one thing I can promise you. You know, if if you do buy in, it gives us a chance. And then, and, and then, yeah, and then it goes to, you've got to trust. You've got to trust us that we're bringing in the right people. You don't know these guys. You know, you've never met them. They didn't recruit you. You you don't know them. But if you'll if you will trust them, I think you'll see what we see, um, is that we've we've got a great group coming in here and and something we think can be very very special on that side of the ball. And uh, but. I, I do remember specifically telling them I could go bring in Vince Lombardi himself, and if you guys don't believe in it, it's not going to work. I mean, it, it's got to be it, – it, your your buying is is just as important, if not more, than who we bring in. And if if we get it right and you guys buy in and we do bring in the right person, then it's going to get pretty fun. And to that
8: extent, um, how, how impressed or maybe surprised – on your part, are you that it has occurred like this? That you guys' you know, defensive rankings have shot up and all that stuff.
7: Um, I'm excited about it. I'm not surprised about it. Um, you know, we've our guys have done a good job, and it's not been overnight. I mean, it's been it's been a process. There's been growing pains. There's been bumps in the road. I mean, there always is. And uh, but our guys have stayed true to it, and we've especially done it in key moments in big games, and uh, that's to be able to do that kind of early in this, you know, kind of defensive regime and kind of this new era defensively here is is exciting to see. We'll go to
3: George Uh coach, I know you don't like to get too into specifics on plays, but the the trick play, the reverse pass back to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You've run that a few times now going all the way back to the rose bowl. What exactly inspired that play and then What what is it about Nick Baskin that you trust him? He seems to be the guy that's that's always
7: throwing on the the receiver passes. Uh, Well, Baskin, you know, he plays a lot for us, and and just yeah, he's we've got several guys we trust on that, but he's he's certainly you know towards the top of the list. Um, Has always thrown the ball well and made good decisions. Um, Now, just just something we we had it for a couple weeks and just kind of been looking for the right time and just everything lined up where we thought it was the right play at the right time.
8: Tyler Paltier.
5: Lincoln, Matt mentioned something on the Big 12 call this morning that considering what the Big 12 has with the schedule and the rematch that he feels like that champion ought to play for the college football playoff every year. Is he on to something there? Do you feel like they should be, the Big 12 should be given some special consideration based on
0: the layout?
7: Um, that's just – this is not the system right now. I mean, I – in my core, I think every Power Five conference champion should play. Um, but that's neither here nor there now. Within our current system, do – I do believe that us playing every team in our league and then the championship game being verse one, verse two, should hold more weight. I do, and I think it has. So – that's as far as what happens in the future. We'll see. I
5: was curious about one more thing. When, when you guys, as coaches, go back and watch game film and you see maybe what you perceive as negative body language, how mu- how do you coach that up and try and correct that after games? And how much do you chalk it up to? There's a lot of emotion in a football game.
3: Like, how do you tell the difference between what's bad and what's just part of the the emotion of a football
7: game? I think you got to know your players. You know, you got to know you got to know them and and. You know, is this is this something different from the way they carry themselves on a, on a daily basis or normally in a game? Um, yeah, I mean, there's you get all the time that if something doesn't go right, guys are you know maybe not be jumping up and down. You you understand that, but but we've we've really emphasized it a lot the last few weeks. If you if you looked at our sideline the last few weeks, you see a ton of, of, of positive body language, and I don't think that's a, I don't think it's a coincidence with the way we've played. Uh, the way we've been able to, to, to play when, when games have gotten tight. Um, I, think, I think this team has a lot of positive vibes right now, but it's in general, I mean, it's, no, it's a tough thing sometimes in the moment because you know players' expectations are high and coaches and everybody, and, and uh, it's such an emotional game that you want emotional players, but they've got to channel it the right way.
1: Lincoln, have you gotten to know Matt Rule at all?
7: A little bit, yeah, uh, you know, just some conversations before games and then certainly at the, at the, the coaches' meetings the last few years. Um, uh, yeah, like him, real personable guy. Um, you know, seems like a really good family guy, too. So, yeah, I've always enjoyed visiting with him. We've had good conversations. And he's obviously been a big positive for Baylor for this league. And, uh, you know, he seems like he's really done a good job, you know, kind of not being from – this area, you know, coming down and, and uh, just like anybody that moves kind of a new part of the country world, whatever it is, he's done a great job, you know, I think adapting and, and uh, has a really good way about him. Yeah, the, the, the outside world sees just the fact that he's taken one and 11 and turned it into 11 and one in such a short time.
0: And that that's enough to blow a lot of people away. But as a coach, you might even have more appreciation of the, the work that must have gone into something like that.
7: Yeah, no, I do. I mean, I, I you know, you know, I've never been through some of the things that they went through, so it's hard to totally put yourself in that situation. But they were able to to steady the ship, um, and you know, and and they were able to at least from the outside look like they were able to get some buy in in those early years, even in, and and maybe even when they weren't winning a ton of games yet. But those those guys were, you know. Playing hard for them and getting better, and I think there was just some positive momentum. Just, just getting from one and eleven just to to winning, you know, just to in a few, and then and then now what's happened is those are all the same guys that are still playing for them, and uh, with a couple of key additions that have done well, and and uh, so now you got to give them a lot of credit. I mean, that's that's um, you know, obviously it's a lot different situation than what I walked into, um, and they're each are. Each have their challenges. Um, You walk into one and 11, then winning three is a positive. If I'd have won three my first year, that would also been my last year. And uh, so, I mean, it's, they're all challenging, but what he's done, what that staff's done there, it's, again, it's been great for this league and uh, I have a ton of respect for them. Okay, we'll go to Boppersville.
8: Yeah, Lincoln, you
7: start off and it's great to be here. So that means you're not on the road yet, which you're used to, but what the schedule being one week late. Yeah. How much crazier or how much tougher does that make that heading into signing day? Yeah, it's it's tough, you know, we've we knew this was coming. Uh you know, we even petitioned NCAA League all that a while back trying to if you know, thinking if you get qualified for your conference championship game, you ought to trying to get one or two more days recruiting, maybe even like that Sunday, you know. I'm sure all the teams that didn't think they were going to be in the conference championship voted it down. So, uh um yeah, I think we had support for 10 teams. The other 50 didn't agree. Imagine that. Um so yeah, it, it is. It's challenging. It's it's not it's not good. You know, it's not what it's not good for the sport. It makes it makes zero sense, you know, that that you qualify for your championship game, but you're you're penalized in the, maybe the most important recruiting point of the year. So now we'll get some – the positive is, you know, hopefully those players know why we're not on the road as much. We're going to be out bits and pieces this week, but hopefully they know why we're out there. And at least, you know, and they'll be watching us on Saturday, you know, which is a good thing. So um, we'll deal with it. It's kind of the way the calendar fell, but I, I, I do believe this will be – It'll fall like this again at some point, and I, it is going to be something we're going to need to discuss because having having one week to be on the road before signing day is not, you know, it's, it's not not ideal.
8: Yeah, Coach, what what
6: if anything impressed you most about Charlie Brewer the first time you guys played him, and what have you seen since then
8: you the going into this weekend?
7: He's a, you know, he's, I, I think he's a really tough kid. Um, on top of being a obviously very talented player but i think real tough kid um seen him get hit a lot and gets back up um so i think brings toughness to the position which i think is always a, a huge key at that position and then he's yeah i think he's developed i mean he's he's grown through the years and he's throwing the ball well he gives him, he's an athletic guy back there a competitor um Comes from a, a great line of, of really, really good quarterbacks, as we all know. So he's, he's done a tremendous job leading the team. OK,
5: let's go to uh, Jason Kersey. Yeah, Lincoln, you guys had a lot of success with the play the other night, pulling the guard and the tackle. I'm just wondering, and, and I know you don't like to get into strategy stuff much, but how diff- can you quantify how difficult something like that is from a precision standpoint, especially when you have a, a new offensive line who have played together and a guy like RJ. Who Hadn't been with these guys at all until
7: until the summer. Yeah, it's extremely difficult. It's uh, you could sit up here for hours just talking about that one play. I mean, it's uh, no, it is. It's it's tough, but that you know, it's it's been a good play for us over the last few years, and we, we've worked hard at it. It's something that we're we're pretty bought in with. It's it's not um, it's not one of those plays you can just halfway do. You're either all in or not. I could use the Mike Leach. Bacon, chicken, egg thing right there, but I'll stay away from that. Only, only one can do that. Um, but not yet. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a successful play for us. Our backs have done well, and this, this young, young old line's getting better at it. Is that
5: something that you weren't able to do as much earlier in the season because of that? The old line coming
3: together.
7: Or? I wouldn't say that. I, don't, I, I don't know that I would go that far. Just you know, week to week kind of changes for us. Um, you know, as we grow and evolve. and, and uh, But it was, it was good for us the other night.
2: Gary Trammell? Yeah, Lincoln, on the, uh, the Basquin play, I think it was second and goal from the four.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: And then uh, later in the game, on the other end, on first and goal from the
5: four, you ran a reverse with CD. Uh, how much of that is just thinking,
4: let's get in the end zone any way we can, and we think we can do it here? And how much of that is just screwing with Baylor? Uh, giving them stuff to Because it seemed like if you hand the hand ball to Kennedy Brooks a couple of
2: times, you're going to get in the end zone. Yeah. No,
7: not, nothing, honestly, nothing Nothing for Baylor or any other future opponents. I mean, just in that moment, just trying to win, trying to just do simply what you think is best. And we've, you know, with, with the way we've been running the ball, it's exciting because we, you know, we're, we're – We've been able to do some good things, line of scrimmage, backs are running well, and then we still got some exciting guys on the perimeter that can make you pay too. So um, reverse should have scored too. We I screwed up and had Rambo block the wrong guy, but uh, um, yeah, no, I mean just I just don't ever want people to be able to tee off on us, you know. And so that's we, we try to be, you know, multiple here and there, and and uh, thought we had some good opportunities at it the other night.
5: The, the, uh... I don't know if you call it the Philly special, but. Um, is that they call it the Sooner,
7: Sooner Special.
2: Is that a play that works particularly on the goal line? Is that
7: something you could try at the fifty, and it would do? Yeah, we threw. Well? Yeah, we threw one to Jalen. I think a little bit further out against Kansas, maybe this year. You know, so yeah. I mean, they. It, it just you know plays like that. There's so much to it. I mean, your skill set. You know what they do defensively, the the timing. I mean, there's just there's there's a lot that's got to be right for those to work. So. Like everybody says, when they work, they look great. When they don't, they look like a disaster. So, there's there's normally no middle ground with those. There's no dirty three-yard gains on those. It's it's awesome or awful. Okay,
8: back left to Daniel
3: Dwyer. Uh, Lincoln, you talked about how these games are, playing in these championship games, are starting to feel more regular
2: for you guys, which is obviously a good thing, but um, does the mindset, is it a little different this year? Cause you guys were kind of how Baylor is coming into this one, losing the regular season contest last year, uh, and then getting the upper hand, winning it in the championship. Does the mindset change a little bit for you guys at all this year, heading in knowing that you took that regular season contest?
7: I, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, the year before we'd beaten TCU here and then, you know, then then played them again. And so we've, we've been on both sides and I don't remember, I don't remember last year feeling much different because of that. Even the lead up to the game against Texas last year, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about, you know, the first one. It was just trying to focus on just playing our best ball and, uh, you know, and then trusting in the end that that would be enough. And and so I I think that's key. I mean, I I think, again, it is a new game. It's a different game and there'll be different bounces of the ball. It'll unfold differently and and, and you just got to be ready to go play your best.
1: Coach Bucky Radley Hiles appears to have just gained by leaps and bounds. Can you explain why? I, I assume some's the coaching, some some's him. Yeah, combination
7: of all. Uh, he, he developed physically. The offseason was really good for him. You know, Coach Carinch has done a great job with him. You know, he's really fit into to what we're doing and responded to the way that 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 Alex has coached him. Uh, you know, and then I think some of it is just growing up, maturing, going through. I you know, had a lot of great moments first last year. He had a lot of tough moments for us last year. When you play a freshman as much as he played last year, that's normally going to be the case. And uh, and he's grown from it. He's learned. He's learned. You know, he's got a be- much better feel, I think, for what it takes to be a really good player at this level, and and the the fine line between looking great and and looking very average, and and just how hard it is each and every day. And you got to have that appreciation. And some a lot of times the best way for him to learn that is to is to go through some growing pains. So he's come out of it well and, and played, he's played well the majority of the season and really had a good stretch here the last several games. Okay, left side, Ivan Mazel. Lincoln, there's some coaches that would not, that when they play poorly, they don't look at the tape, they just you know, let it lie. Watch the first half of the Baylor game any differently, knowing you were probably going to play them again, or did it, did it matter at all that no. you had? You no, know? yeah, I mean, no, it, it does. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think we really treated it any different um, because there was so much at that point after watching, you know, after the game and watching as a staff and watching it with the guys. There was so much to learn from it of you know things under our control that we did very poorly that that. And then, and that we did, you know, better in the second half. So, um, yeah, I think every coach has been through one of those, you know, a couple of those in their career where they just trash it. I can think of one or two off the top of my head. Um, but uh, this, now nah, there was a lot, lots to learn from, and that team, our team, needed to learn a lot then, and there'll still be, still be a lot we can learn from it now.
8: Brandon Drum, yeah, Lincoln. After the game, I asked you about Nick Benito and David Uwebu. Um after watching the film, did you see anything else by them that just kind
3: of jumped off the screen? Because both seemed to have had really good ball games. Yeah,
7: no, they. It, it, I think, like we said, they were very active. Uh, it's good to see. You know, they put themselves in position to make some plays, and they've been doing that. But they they really finished a lot of plays. You know, and that was that was really good to see. Um, you know, they both had their moments this year, but they they consistently finished plays, got off blocks, got. Got ball carriers down. You know they were both effective in coverage. You know Nick was a big factor on the. On I think they were both involved on fourth down stops. You know Nick on the run and David on the, uh, the little play action pass there on the sideline that he had great coverage on. So yeah, it was good to see them again, not just being in the position, but finishing and finishing in a big environment and a big football game. Al,
6: Jalen's about to break. Jack Mildred's record for rushing for quarterbacks at 1971. Did you ever envision when you got here that you this had a tradition of running quarterbacks. You'd have a quarterback that would break that record.
7: No. Right? No. I'll I'm with you there. No. I mean I I you never know what you're going to get and and you know skill set wise what you're going to have and I've, you know, I've always I love having mobile guys and I think you know being able to run the quarterback some here and there is is, uh, is a great thing to be able to do offensively but not nah, to say we'd have a guy rush for that many yards I, I probably would have lost that bet um, you would probably envision it being more like what we had last year with the guy that you know really fast and that could break long ones or you know scrambles all that but you know, some of the ways we have ran Jalen has been different, but it's been fun and proud of, you know, our staff and team for evolving their skill sets, and, and it's certainly helped us. We've
8: got time for two more if we have any. Thanks. Okay. How big of a we- weapon has breakage become for you? I mean, he hasn't missed yet, so that has to be a huge weapon going into this game.
7: Yeah, we've got confidence in him for sure. Um, that one, you know, was real impressive the other night, you know, kicking in those conditions, and those were important field goals. Um, he was equally as good on kickoffs the other night, too. So, now nah, his, his development's been key to you know, our special team's play, um, field position, scoring. I mean, he's, he's a very important player right now. Last one,
8: John Hoover. Yeah, um, uh, follow-up then on, on what you said about Jalen. Uh, you gave credit to your staff for being adaptable. How about yourself? It's not something that you've ever had in the toy box before, you know, a 1,200-yard rushing quarterback. How has that changed you as a play caller and as a as a offensive coordinator play designer?
7: that's been fun you know it's uh it's it's different but i mean they every year is a little different you know it was your skill sets are always different people always want to put point to the quarterback but it's just you know you got to be able to look at the eleven guys you're gonna put out there and and you know how do you think you can create advantages for yourself and that's You know, we we got a group in there that enjoys doing that. And, you know, we certainly have got a base system and concepts that we're very committed to. But we also want to have the ability to branch out and do what our people do well and do things that give other people trouble. And uh, so, yeah, it's been it's been fun. I mean, it's been different, but a lot of fun. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully the best is yet to come. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers.
5: But you already knew that.